Well, good evening, LCM. Tonight, because it's not the morning, and we were very careful to get that right in our notes. Thank you, Chris. It is February 15th, 2024, and the title of tonight's message is Unfettered Faith. Thank you, Abimbola. Let us recap with you a couple of our favorite points from Sunday to get started. Were y'all blessed by last Sunday? Come on. Last Sunday, we were given a deep well of revelation that since the creation, when the Lord gathered the waters and made the land appear and set the boundaries of the seas and land, in his mind... He already had each of our own boundaries laid out with the aim that we would discover and unearth and dig up these wells with no limits. Were y'all blessed? No limits. One of my favorite parts was a change in perspective and Isaac digging more wells. I assumed that when he dug a well and then there was a quarrel, he, uh... He lost, and so he went on somewhere else to find where there was less difficulty to dig a well. What we found out, though, was that he was gaining more and more access to that living water that God had set aside for him all along. I'm glad you can say that one correctly. Let's jump right into Scripture and save ourselves here. We're going to go to Psalm 105. We're starting verse 17. unfettered faith he sent a man ahead of them joseph who was sold as a slave his feet were hurt with fetters his neck was put in a collar of iron now i am a giant fan of the 1984 niv i get to preach with a brother who also loves the 1984 niv so this entire message will be in the 1984 niv Except we're going to go back to the Greek to understand this one a little better on this one verse. This reads in the LXX a little bit more like they pierced his soul with iron. Like they put iron into his soul. Church, the truth is, is the natural process of contending actually is good and natural. It's good and natural. And what it does for us is it unfetters our faith. And then it works iron into your soul. Oh, yeah. Come on. Who needs to unfetter their faith tonight? Who could use a little bit of iron in their soul? Well, let's take another psalm and uh, let's go to Psalm 114, 1 through 8. And while we're turning there, fetters are shackles, bondage, anything that is holding you, restraining you, handcuffs. Come on. We're getting rid of those this evening, right now. Come on. Psalm 114, 1 through 8 uh, 8 says this. When Israel went out from Egypt, the house of Jacob, from a people of a strange language, Judah became his sanctuary and Israel his dominion. The sea looked and fled and the Jordan turned back. What? The mountains skipped like rams and the hills like lambs. What ails you, O sea, that you would flee? 
What's your oh, problem? Oh, Jordan, that you would turn back. Where are you going? <laughs> oh, mountains. <laughs> exactly. Oh, mountains that you would skip like rams. Oh, hills like lambs. Tremble, O oh, earth, at the presence of the Lord, at the presence of the God of Jacob, who turns the rock into a pool of water. Thank God. And the flint into a spring of water. We see Moses with an unfettered faith that when he arrived at the scene, the Red Sea fled. The Jordan turned back from Joshua's unfettered faith. And this is what we see in this whole entire transaction. Discipleship transferred unfettered faith to, jo to Joshua. Yeah. The struggles along the way unshackled their fetters and put iron into their souls. Iron in the souls, baby. We also find that creation itself longs to be liberated by the unfettered faith of the sons of God. Yeah. Now, family, we know that these are not entirely new concepts. However, they are coming alive to us in a new way, and we know that they will come alive in you too. Come on. Let's take our first example, Moses. Let's incline our hearts Moshi. this evening. Deuteronomy 31, 27 through 29. Unfettered faith when you get there? Unfettered faith when you get there. Assemble before me all the elders all of, of your tribes yeah, and all your officials so all that I can speak to these words in their hearing and call heaven and earth to testify against them. For I know that after my death, you are sure to become utterly corrupt and to turn utterly. from the way I have commanded you. In days to come, disaster will fall upon you because you will do evil in the sight of the Lord and provoke him to anger by what your hands have made. Wow. Wow. <laughs> what overwhelming unfettered faith is this? That Moses would step into the full ownership of his identity in this moment as the representative of God speaking to all of Israel. I mean, he gathered all the Levites, and then he spoke to all the elders, speaking to all of Israel. This is an unfettered faith. Come on, church. If you had to be in this moment, would you be tempted to be a little fettered? Like, maybe I won't say it exactly like the Lord told me. I can't speak. Maybe I'll say it to just the elders, but not all of Israel. Or I'll let the elders stand next to me while I just tell the Israelites and hope that they hear it. Yeah. No, he had full confidence in his identity and full confidence in the position the Lord had put him in. But, but Moses was not always unfettered and did not begin with an iron-like resolve. Rather, we see some self-imposed fetters on his life in Exodus 4. Turn to Exodus 4 and look at verse 10. Say unfettered faith when you get there. Unfettered faith. Moses said to the Lord, O Lord, I have never been eloquent, neither never. in the past, nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. The Lord said to him, Who gave man his mouth? Who makes him deaf or mute? Who gives him sight or makes him blind? Is it not I, the Lord? 
Now go, I will help you speak and teach you what to say. But this doesn't sound like the Moses in Deuteronomy 31. No. Where was the you will certainly be utterly corrupt? Exactly. Said, Me, I am slow of speech. I don't speak well. Yeah. What happened? Did he just supernaturally become eloquent? No. But, I mean, yeah. Just not in the way that most of us think of it. Come on. In Exodus 2... Moses learned to contend at the well, not just for himself, but for the weakest members of society. In Exodus 4, he contended with God and lost and got rebuked. <laughs> yeah. And he learned that it wasn't about him having the right words to say. No. In Exodus 15, he contended with the people and learned that God can make bitter waters sweet. Mm-hmm. In Exodus 17, he contended with the people and learned that the Lord could bring water even from a rock. Come on. See, The natural and good process of contending for the waters of life left Moses' faith unfettered and worked iron into his soul. Oh, come on. And there's a crescendo in Moses' life. A crescendo. We can see his unfettered faith that worked iron into his soul into this one verse. Follow me to Deuteronomy 31.30. The crescendo. The crescendo. And when Moses recited the words of this song from beginning and stuttered all the way to the end. No. No, from beginning to end in the hearing of the whole assembly of Israel. We know that at this moment, he went from stuttering to writing and reciting the most unforgettable song of all time. We must unfetter our self-imposed fetters. The fetters of I can't speak. The fetters of I can't lead. The fetters of I just don't have enough time. Uh, uh. The fetters of I can't be a good husband. And the fetters of I can't be a good father. Church, (laughs) we have to leave behind the soft bigotry of low expectations and move to an unfettered faith. Let's talk about unfettered faith and iron in your soul being transferred from teacher to disciple. Yeah. Let's go to Joshua 10. And start in verse 12. On the day the Lord gave the Amorites over to Israel, Joshua said to the Lord in the presence of Israel, O sun, stand still over Gibeon. O moon, over the valley of Ahijalon. So the sun stood still and the moon stopped till the nation avenged itself on its enemies. As it is written in the book of Jashar, the sun stopped in the middle of the sky and delayed going down about a full day. Never has there been a day like it before or since. A day where the Lord listened to a man. Surely the Lord was fighting for Israel. Wow. Here we see Joshua experienced the Red Sea splitting with Moses. He experienced the Jordan River splitting. When we see an unfettered faith, he took it one step further. 
Joshua experienced a day that no one before him ever had experienced and not another one after him. Talk about iron in your soul mm. and an unfettered faith. Discipleship transferred that unfettered faith. Come on. However, oh, no. Joshua didn't get there in a single day. What? In Exodus 17, he had to contend in the valley for Moses to preserve the lives of the Israelites. Come on. In Joshua 6, he had to contend in Jericho to preserve the calling of the Israelites. In Joshua 7, he had to contend at Ai to preserve the purity of the Israelites. And in Joshua 9, he had to contend at Gibeon to protect the integrity of the Israelites. It turns out the good and natural God-given process that the Lord had given him for contending for the Israelites left Joshua's faith unfettered and worked iron into his soul. Come on. The struggles along the way, church, for both student and teacher, unfettered their faith. We must unfetter our faith by working through these contending moments. These contending moments in our marriages. Not contending with your spouse, but the contending moments in Thank your you marriage. Thank you for clarifying that. <laughs> the contending moments in your team. The contending moments in your employment. The contending moments of life are what scrapes the shackles off of your faith and allows it to exist unfettered. Come on. Church. We need to start looking at these contending moments as what is actually building iron in our soul for the next moment that we need to show unfettered faith. Amen. Amen. Let's look at an example of a man who uh, witnessed the desire of all of creation. Wow. Yeah, does that pique your interest? Yeah. An example of a man who just witnessed, you know, the desire of all creation. Let's go to Daniel 9. 20 through 23. And we're talking about an unfettered faith tonight. An unfeathered faith that works iron in a man's soul. Here we see Daniel doing what he does best. While I was speaking and praying, confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel, and making my request to the Lord, my God, for his holy hill, while I was still in prayer, Gabriel, the man I had seen in earlier vision, came to me in a swift flight about the time of the evening sacrifice. He instructed me and said to me, Daniel, I have now come to give you insight and understanding. Praise God. As soon as you began to pray, an answer was given, which I have come to tell you, for you are highly esteemed. Therefore... Consider the message and understand the vision. Wow. Let's look at what Daniel's unfettered faith allowed him to experience. Daniel experienced that man can live on every word from the Lord's mouth. Daniel experienced that a man can hear from God. Daniel experienced that God does dwell among his people. Let's look at what this unfettered faith caused them to do. It helped, it caused him to confess his sin. It caused him to confess the sin of his people. All of them. It caused him to receive angelic intervention from the heavens. 
to receive insight and understanding, which, praise God, we can all use. To receive vision for an entire nation for all time. Yeah. Church, I want to hit on this for just a couple more minutes. Yeah, go for it. Want to have angelic intervention in your life? What kind of contending moment do you need to be in? Come on. You want to have these unfettered moments of faith where you can confess your sin and the sins of your people. What kind of contending moments do you have to walk through? In my household, we've been crying a lot. We've got my brother leaving. We've got my other brother and another brother. We've got the kibbutz leaving. And it feels like one of those contending moments that I could be tempted to be a little scared about what's going to happen. And I don't know, like 12 days or so when they're not here. But if you want angelic intervention, if you want an understanding from the heavens and insight from your God, then you must be in the kind of contending moment that requires it. What the Lord is bringing about for all of us is a contending moment in our workplaces, in our teams. Can y'all feel it? Have y'all had some contention rising up? The Lord is taking the shackles off of us that we might run hot and heavy and unfettered for our God into exactly what he's called us to do. Amen. This contention is good and natural. And you know, Daniel also yeah. did not get here in a day. No, he had to contend with exile. He had to contend with the diet of vegetables and water in Ew. Daniel 1. He had to contend with a violent king and his unknown dream. How unreasonable is that? He had to very He had to contend with his friends being thrown into a blazing furnace in Daniel 3. He had to contend with false accusations. And in Daniel 6 he also had to deal with the lions that came from those false accusations. You see, the natural and good process of contending for the destiny of Israel unfettered Daniel's faith and worked iron into his soul. Yes, the unfettered faith and iron in Moses' soul caused him to lead Israel and teaches us how to work unfettered faith and iron into our own souls. The unfettered faith and iron in Joshua's soul caused him to lead Israel and teaches us how to work unfettered faith and iron into the souls of our disciples and family around us. The unfettered faith and iron in the soul of Daniel caused him to lead Israel and teaches us how to work unfettered faith and iron into the soul of entire nation. We told you, though, that Daniel saw the desire of all creation. Yeah. So we want to go with y'all to Daniel 12. We're going to start in verse 1. Yeah. At that time, Michael... The great prince who protects your people will arise. There will be a time of distress, such as not happened from the beginning of nations until then. But at that time, your people, everyone whose name is written in the book, will be delivered. Multitudes who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake, some to everlasting life and others to shame and everlasting contempt. Those who are wise will shine like the brightness of the heavens, And those who lead many to righteousness, like the stars forever and ever. Daniel saw 
the revealing of the sons of God at the yeah. end of time. Come the on. resurrection of the living and the dead, that which creation groans for yeah. day and night. Yet there's another man that wrote about a time like this. He wrote about the same desire. Yep, it's definitely a man who might have unfettered faith and iron in his soul and who had a heart for the nation. Romans 8, 18, 21. Unfettered faith when you get there. Come on. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. The creation waits in eager expectation for the sons of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it. In hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the glorious freedom of the children of God. Come on. Our present sufferings, they're not fetters. Rather, our sufferings are how we unfetter our faith that will work iron into our souls. That reveals the glory that has been in us since creation. The living water, the well of unfettered faith, is just below the surface. And difficulty helps us reveal it. Yep. But you must unleash it. We have all that we need for the desire of all creation to be revealed. Church, whether you can believe it or not, we're coming very close to our closing. That's it. But we want to we wanna make sure that you get the desire of all creation. That well that is bubbling up that is just beneath the surface and lives inside of every one of us. The unfettered faith in the iron in the souls of the sons of God being revealed is the desire of all creation. And you possess it. You possess what the creation is longing for. This is not something we have to wait for. It's something that we already possess. We just need to unleash it. We need to let it go. We need to let it go. Come on. Having said that, we've got a few questions for you guys. Some are scripted. Some have come to me at this point. Sure. What is a self-imposed fetter in your life that you need to get rid of? Come on. We have them. We don't like to talk about them. We like to say many things about them. But what is a self-imposed fetter in your life you need to get rid of now for yourself? Where is a place in your life and your discipleship with someone else, your discipleship of your family, that you can work iron into the soul of your disciple and remove fetters from them? Come on. When we can work our one family, our one life, one family, then the next is, is that we will be able to break the shackles off of nations. Come on. And we're watching the culmination of this happening. Amen. What revelation awaits you taking ownership so that the desire of the creation can be fulfilled? Come on. What situation do you view as putting fetters upon you, but is really working iron into your soul, creating an unfettered faith? Say it again. What situation do you view as putting fetters upon you, but is really working iron into your soul, creating an unfettered faith? My boss is mean at work. <laughs> oh, no. 
Church. That's true. We have to. We have to. I will say it again. We have to start viewing the contention in our lives, the contending in our lives, as the Lord unfettering our faith. It will cause you to look at a difficult situation and value it, be excited about it, and smile in the face of it to overcome it. Last one. What revelation needs to be unfettered and put into real God-given action in your life? Because this is what unfettered faith is. What is that dream that you're waiting on that the Lord will one day do? Start doing it. What is that calling that the Lord has given you that you're one day waiting on? Start doing it. Let's start putting feet to our faith. This is... This is why when you're trying for kids, you buy baby clothes. This is why when the Lord tells you you're going to have a job, you start looking. This is why when the Lord tells you you're going to get married, you actually talk to a woman. We have to actually start putting feet to our faith. Talk to her. Church, we'd love to speak about these things all night. But if we could have the worship team up or whoever's closing, this is what we had for you this evening. Unfettered faith and iron in your soul. Amen. Pray for us. Amen. Absolutely. So why don't you guys rise up to your feet with me? While we ask heaven to meet with us right now. I know. A <laughs> hey, sound booth. Put James 2.18 on the screen. Do y'all remember how James opens? It's not James 2.18. Count it joy when trials come upon you. It's not as if something strange is happening to you, but you're in this cycle that is going to create maturity. I want to assure you that none of you are going through something because God is sadistic. I I just want to tell you that. He's not here to make your life difficult so that you'll be miserable. Can I tell you that nobody's benefited from miserable people, not even God? He's allowing the appropriate resistance in your life to pull out of you something that is of value. But someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by my deeds. These brothers preached a succinct word. That is rare in this church. I thought it at one point to be a genetic impossibility. But each generation just keeps getting better. I want to encourage you to do something. Christianity is being sold all over this country. And it's a Christianity that costs nothing. Jesus did it all. You don't have to do anything. He wants to give you a free gift, like he's a vacuum cleaner salesman, tricking you into a weekend retreat to buy a condo somewhere. It's not true. You know what he wants from you? Good job, Adam. So where do you start if he wants everything? 
Start with whatever's hardest for you. Whatever costs you the most. You got a little jar of alabaster oil somewhere that you've been hanging on to your whole life because you think it's amazing. He wants you to break the jar and fill this room with fragrance. You got some area that you have fetters on. For some of you, if you had a million dollars, you'd give it to me rather than have to say something in faith to a stranger. You would rather do anything other than some of the things that the Lord is laying upon this body. You know, faith that's worth the most is faith that costs you the most. So if while they were speaking, look, for some of you, it'd just be taking out a list of the people in the church, flat out praying for them that week, and finding somebody to reach out to. Some of you, the most costly thing you could do right now is learn to think about other people. <laughs> Usually when you hear these kind of closings, they're about your finances. I'm in such a unique position. I've never wanted your finances. I don't care about your finances. I want your unfettered faith. And I want to tell you from experience, it's a lot harder to give away the widow's mite or your favorite pocket knife or walk up to a stranger when you're scared and would rather not do it, but you think the Lord might be, might be saying it, and you do it. That's what unfettered faith looks like. What am I telling y'all? Y'all already know this. You watched Abimbola do it during our first worship. Now, I know because I've stood in his shoes, he wasn't absolutely certain. He didn't know what was going on in your heart, Ivy. God did, but he didn't. He had a feeling. He thought, maybe. Yes, no, more than maybe. You know, I'm kind of persuaded. Man, I'm just going to do this thing. Did it benefit you? Imagine if your faith was unfettered like that. Imagine if in every situation, rather than wanting to look good or respectable or reverend, Man, that's worth nothing. You know what's worth something? Being undignified and going after what you think might be God. Taking a chance because you trust him and doing something that is costly because it's hard for you to do. Now, if you want that kind of unfettered faith, there's a way that you can get it. This altar is a place where things die. And if that's all an altar was... I guess we would have to call this the slaughterhouse. But it's not all an altar is. It's where something dies so that something may live. Now, I could do this prophetically and work around. I'm going to just do a few. Some of you have a really hard time being anything other than just nice. Jesus was more than nice. Jesus was direct. Jesus did what it took to free people. Some of you want to be seen as smart so badly that you do stupid things. You might actually have to get out of your own headspace and act on that faith-filled impulse and see what God anoints in your life. We've been telling you for weeks, some of you are waiting for permission to be the people God have called you to be. Now, unfettered faith doesn't wait for anything. It feels, it discerns, and then in faith, it acts. Okay. You might need to decide what your next action is. 
you come to an altar, you put to death that sickening lack of confidence in who God says you are. You come to the altar and you put to death that apathy that says, well, I'll do it another day. When has there ever been a good time to do God's will, by the way? The river's always at flood stage. Pharaoh's always at your back, you know. When is a good time to command an iron axe head to float like Elijah? There'll never be a good day for that. You've got to unfetter yourself from something so that you can actually walk in an unfettered faith. And our faith is shown by what we do. Before you leave this room tonight, find something that dies. I don't want you to just think about it. You've been thinking about it your whole life, and that hadn't helped you a little bit. Put a knife in it. Put a knife in it right here at this altar. And when you stand up, prove that you put a stake in that vampire by walking out and doing the very thing that you have been afraid to do. This would be unfettered faith. Faith in action. You know what you're going to find? When you move like that, God moves in you. Abambola, did you feel the Lord move in you tonight? Pastor Abambola. Yeah. I'm watching a general in the faith rising. Can I tell you something, though? It's been a general since the first day he walked in here. He's just now beginning to believe it. What revelation do you have like that that's sitting chained, waiting on an action, waiting on you to just try? God will meet you in that. I watched a brave 15-year-old little girl walk up to me and just say, Hey, uh, would you pray for me? That was not an easy thing for her. That was a step of faith. It might be easy for somebody. That wasn't easy for her. Can I tell you, God will meet her in that? What is he waiting to see how much you value? What is he waiting to see whether you will risk, whether you'll risk a cost to yourself to show him that you do trust him? Because when you become the sanctuary of God like that, The seas won't stand against you. The river won't stand against you. The mountains won't stand against you. I'm watching folks new to preaching and very young men stand up and begin to come unfettered. Can I tell you, this entire church is going to have to unfetter themselves. That iron will enter your soul. You'll be a different person. Yeah, not going to do that. Let's pray. Father, may the women in this church have the confidence to begin to think outside their own lives, to become less selfish human beings, to put a stake in that and venture something for the benefit of another. Lord, may the men in this church begin to believe your word. Stand up on the attack of the enemy. Put their foot on its neck and move forward in a faith-filled action. Lord, we will show you our faith by what we do. At this altar here and now, Lord, we offer you the ugly things. The things that have held us back from being your sons. The things that have intimidated us and backed us away from your will for our lives. So that when we stand up from this altar, we may be liberated as the sons of God. And bring the liberty of God to every person we encounter. We desire to make our lives a pleasing offering to you. 
with the most costly of offerings. 